0: Welcome to Talk of the Town, a podcast by The Town SC, where we have candid conversations with athletes, sports influencers, and individuals pushing the game forward. We are back with season two, and as always, I'm your host, L. Johnson. To kick off the new season, we're chatting with Ashmere Prasad, Bay Area sports journalist and content creator about her journey into sports and the challenges and triumphs she's encountered along the way. Let's get into the conversation. Ashmere, what's up? How are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing well, can't complain. Uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're super, super busy. Um, so, definitely appreciate you taking the time out to chat with us. Um, so, first thing we do when we start a show is we try to get one interesting fact about you that most people wouldn't know. So, what's one interesting fact about you that people wouldn't know?
1: An interesting fact about me I think if I didn't want to pursue a career in sports, I would try to do something. I would love to work something with chocolate or like pastries because I love chocolate and I love desserts. And I feel like that industry has so much mechanical background to it. It'd be fun to learn everything about it. I watched that like chocolate competition with the French guy on Netflix. And after that, I was like, well, there's so much to learn.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. What's your favorite type of chocolate? Is it milk chocolate, dark chocolate? white chocolate i know
1: i know white chocolate is just butter and milk but it's white chocolate <laughs> because <laughs> nice. it's just so good
0: yeah i love chocolate uh, i probably say i'm more i lean more toward dark chocolate just because it's not as sweet so like i don't feel as guilty but <laughs> i could definitely you know tackle any type of chocolate so that's definitely my thing yeah all right so let's jump right in so um we know you love chocolate you know you would be doing pursuing chocolate if it worked for sports, but tell us a little bit more about your background, you know, where you're from, how you got here, like what's your your Oregon story?
1: Yeah, so I'm born and raised in the Bay Area, and I went to Oregon for college. Uh, I actually went there as a psychology major, so I wanted to be a marriage and child psychologist at the beginning of my college career. I went through two years and by then you're supposed to be more solidified, I guess, in your major, (laughs) because you get specific, you sent, get sent to like a specific school and Oregon had a school of journalism. And so at this time, my mom and I were talking and she was like, I just want you to know, you're going to have to get a master's. And I don't know, you know, how much, how dedicated you are to like continuing school like that. And so I was like, okay, uh, let me reevaluate. And one of my close friends at the time was just like, "Hey, you're really good with people. You love sports. Like, why don't you try to work in sports journalism?" And I was like, "Okay, sure." So, changed my major and started taking the curriculum at Oregon, and it was just so much fun. Like, some of the best classes I had ever taken, and the projects were just like hands-on. Like, you're out there trying to find stories, and these were just more story-based, not Uh, sports-based. Then I joined. the radio program at school senior year. And that's where I really like learned the behind the scenes, just like how to hold a conversation and worked on different, like I did a soccer like podcast or something. I can't remember. It was (laughs) a while back, but it that was a lot of fun. And then once I graduated, I came back to the Bay because I just missed being in the Bay area and being around like the culture and the weather. Of course, you can't like beat California weather and I started actually working in HR and I was looking for a sports job, but I didn't realize how hard it was and like how many people were applying. I was like, oh, there's eight teams out here. This was when the Raiders were here too. And I was like, I could definitely find something. I'm a recent graduate, you know, I'm willing to learn X, Y, and Z. That didn't happen. And I had student loans to pay. So I actually worked in HR and recruiting until I got my role with NBC. And that taught me like everything I need to know, like how to be organized, how to handle multiple projects. But at the same time, I was writing a blog and I was also working with this website called Nuts and Bolts Sports. So that's where I think things really took off for me because I was managing their social. I was hosting my own show on the YouTube channel by myself, which was so awkward. <laughs> I literally hated it <laughs> uh, because I was just talking to myself. Uh, I didn't have a ring light. I didn't have a setup. I went from the time of the sun, like I would film in my living room. And once it would start to get dark and I could see the shadows coming in, I'd be like, okay, well, thanks for watching. You know, see it tomorrow or next week. And um, just from that whole experience, I learned so much. I hosted our NBA draft show, our NFL draft show, which was like four hours. Um, just like felt like real life experiences with all these people I'd never met in person and then eventually i got hired by nbc on the social side and now i work on the production side which is mainly making all the graphics for our pre and post game shows so a lot a big journey to get here for sure
0: dope dope respect we're gonna get into all of that stuff as well but before we do sco ducks i'm a huge i'm a huge oregon ducks fan um Uh football fan specifically um and then shout out to my guy Drake Hills, who also graduated from the journalism school at Oregon. Um, so definitely got to shout my guy out. Um, but before we move on, let's st- stand, stand on Oregon for a second. Who's your greatest athlete to come out of Oregon, either men or women? But well, we'll do we'll do one for men, one for women.
1: I mean, I think they're pretty obvious. Right now, it's Justin Herbert. I loved Marcus Mariota. I went to the championship game, um, Mm. which was heartbreaking to watch. Like Ezekiel Elliott was just dominating the whole, it was hard to watch that game. But Justin Herbert right now is, I think one of the top QBs and he's doing so well. And he played so well at Oregon and he's fun to watch. It's like, fun that he also manifested being with the chargers. Right. I love all that kind of stuff. And then for women, of course, it's Sabrina Ionescu. Like she's so dope and she's just has this awesome energy that she carries. And like when she was at Oregon, you know, I knew we were going to win the the whole thing, the March Madness, if Mm. COVID didn't cancel it because we were (laughs) on a run that year. Um, But yeah, she's fantastic. I think both of them just like are genuinely fantastic people the way that they present themselves in the world and i think that having them say oh i went to oregon it's just like a cherry on top so them yeah. too for sure
0: Nah, for sure also shout out my guy dennis dixon um yeah. former oregon know, a quarterback hey bay area native so i went yeah. to high school i went to middle school with him in high school so um i'm probably a little bit older than you um in terms <laughs> of like generations but yeah shout out dennis dixon as well he Help kick off that that chip kelly era that we all Mm -hmm. know and love um all right so let's move on let's talk about like women's sports in the bay area specifically you know you being a woman working in sports um like what are some of the positives um what are some things that you would like to see more of either on the sports side as well as like on the sports professional side
1: So on the sports side, I think California is ready for a women's basketball team. We were literally talking about this at the office the other day about how we need women's basketball in California, especially in the Bay or like even the Sacramento area, because fan bases here are like diehard, which they say about every major city. Um, But I think just having that representation would be fantastic. And it would be so fun to cover a team and like be a part of that emerging Growth, So that's one thing. But working in sports is a challenge as a woman. Um, some shifts I go in, I'm the only girl in the office. I was the only woman on the social team when I was hired. And you just like notice that you're a little timid. And I felt like I was because it was my first job. I had no idea like I was learning, you know, the culture. And if you learn social from a corporation side, like there's just so much to learn. And so that was a little difficult for me to maneuver. And then I had my friend hired later on, I think like four months in, she was hired as a writer, but like the digital team all works together at NBC. And so once I met her, I did feel like a little bit at ease. Cause I had like a woman to chat with, mind you, we were all remote, right? I didn't mm-hmm. meet anybody in the office until like the beginning of this year and I'd started last August Mm. so I went like eight months not knowing anybody face to face and that's also like an obstacle I had to figure out um but now that I go to work and I like see all these women that I work with and being around like Laura Britt who's fantastic at her job and just like being able to like watch them work like in face to face and like ask them questions I think like it's been fantastic, but it was definitely difficult in the beginning for myself. Like you have a little bit of that imposter syndrome, identity crisis, like whatever other things that everybody can relate to. Like it's happening all the time. Um, I think I just had like an imposter syndrome like three days ago. So it's like (laughs) reoccurring. (laughs) It's never going to end because you just you're you're really in this dominated male field and you're trying to figure out where you fit in, even though you already fit in and you're just putting more pressure on yourself. So I think that's like one of the most difficult things I realized is like relieving my pressure that I'm putting on myself from my day to day. Cause like two years ago, I had no idea I'd be working at NBC. Um, I was filming like this in my, in my bedroom and then here I am. So a lot can happen quickly.
0: Yeah, not for sure. And we're going to get into kind of like some advice that you might have for people who are looking to make that transition. But what advice would you have for, you know, women who are, you know, already kind of looking to work in sports and, you know, how how to kind of navigate the scene and navigate the the environment?
1: Yeah, I think um social media. Like I was just hyping myself up on social media. I was doing a lot of things. And as daunting as that sound and how everybody's like shaming hustle culture, it's like in my blood to be hustling. Like I literally don't know anything else. Uh, I had a week off before basketball season started and I literally didn't know how to chill because I always want to put out content. I always want to like, I'm trying to learn TikTok like the rest of us. Um, So I think just like figuring out that balance, but also being your own hype woman, because What we want to do is pretty tough like i went from marriage and psychology major to a sports journalism major and just that shift alone i didn't really recognize like how much work i was going to put into it like if i my college self saw me today she would definitely be like whoa this is pretty you're like on the way so i think just continuously believing yourself and having a good group of people like my sister is like my number one hype girl. Like she was in my room. Like if I was saying good stuff about a football game, she's in the background like, oh yeah, pointing her <laughs> fingers up like, I love this, you know, mouthing it to me. So, I mean, it really helps to have people that are supporting you and just like telling you that you could do it. Because like I said, two days ago, I had imposter syndrome. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think that utilizing social whatever aspect you're trying to do if you're trying to write maybe like create gap graphics about like nice quotes that you liked about your piece or making sure your blog is set up and just like being consistent and I mean I just was dming people all the time too that was really how I figured out where I wanted to be and like learning from different situations um I just like especially during the pandemic like right when there was no sports I was messaging people from Bleacher Report ESPN like I was just like we all got time right like yeah. It used to be, oh, I'd love to schedule. I don't really have time to chat. And then we I know you're not watching a game. We all have time. So, that was like probably the best thing I'd ever done is just like DM people. If they don't reply, just DM another person, right? It's like and there's so many more women than you think that are working in the roles that you want. So, why not just search, do a nice Google search and you'll find, you know, the Jane Doe and boom, there you go. So, I think those are what really helped me.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. hope you got to taking notes. This is a free game for you from somebody who's been there. Um, So kind of sticking to Bay Area sports for a second, when it comes to women's sports, what would you like to see more of like women's um, sports coverage probably, in general?
1: Yeah, probably more coverage. Honestly, I think it's a little difficult here because we don't have like the mainstream sports, um, but I think, I think like even at that high school level, like a lot of great people come out of the Bay, a lot Mm -hmm. of great athletes come out of here. And so I think I was actually thinking of doing a little coverage on that myself inside scoop here. Um, But I think that would be something that would be amazing. They're just like putting that spotlight on these women, especially because now in the NCAA, like athletes are able to monetize themselves. I think giving them that entryway of like how to interact with an interviewer or, how to really represent themselves on social media and just like being that person that knows them from the beginning would be awesome. Um, But yeah, I I really think just like showcasing more women, even if they just work in the industry, like how Steph did on ring night, right? Like he shouted out, um, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but he shouted her out who has been with the Warriors organization for so long. And like, that was just such a beautiful thing to do, right? So I think just like more of that would be helpful. More of like men calling out women and then just using their platform or like just highlighting women across any space would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, that's super, super important to be able to kind of leverage that that platform and that attention to bring more light mm-hmm. to women's sports. And as you mentioned, like the fact that there are no women's professional sports in the Bay Area definitely makes it difficult to kind of grasp on to you know the idea of like really championing women's sports but i think once you know once there is and there will be um professional women's sports in the bay um definitely look forward to um, seeing how like the bay kind of rallies around like these professional women's sports teams and stuff like that so definitely looking forward to that um so let's, let's get into your career a little bit you know you mentioned that you hustled hustled your way into this, you know, kind of fell into sports journalism in college. And then once you got out, you kind of, you know, were, you know, use your ingenuity and hustle, um, and started with independent sports media. Um, so Mm -hmm. talk about nuts and bolts sports and like how you got started there.
1: Yeah. Nuts and bolts was, uh, that was, I was a one woman show. Basically. Um, I met Joe, the owner and manager and VP or whatever title you want to give him. And he really said he was looking for a social person. But I was like, hey, you have no women on the brand and I want to practice my camera skills. So like, how could we figure that out? And he was not about having YouTube, like a YouTube channel at all. He he just like didn't think it was going to take off with the group of people he had working for the brand. And so then, like I mentioned earlier, I was doing my solo shows and everybody saw them. And then slowly we started building off different shows that we could use. Like we did No Huddle Necessary, which is similar to the Around the Horn from ESPN. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the funnest shows because there were four of us just like giving our two cents and then we had like the judge just tell us who won the round and then who won overall. And that was, it's like so much fun because we're all people that love sports and really read and to and practice the game. And so that was like a great thing. Um, But yeah, he really started the brand for a bunch of his friends and they were just writing about sports. So it was basically like a blog and they put out a ton of content, amazing content. They have so many great writers. Now there's like, it's grown so much. Um, but yeah, I was doing the social media for them. And at that time it was pretty easy because I was posting whatever I wanted, right. They're covering all sports in any sense. So I would make Mm -hmm. football graphics, soccer graphics, the hockey ones, you know, would do what they would do and like just promote different games a lot. And then from there, I got to get some interns so we could all work together and just like collaborate on making different graphics and how we could increase the engagement and things like that. So I was doing that and working full time, which was pretty crazy, but it was, it was a lot of fun because without my time there and just like putting my hands in every part of sports, the sports side that you can from your house, I wouldn't have learned as much as I did. Um, I learned how to set up like this, Right here, I learned how to do social engagement and just, like, read the analytics, figure out what's working, create graphics by Canva, which we're all using now, um, if you don't have Adobe. Yeah, just, like, I learned how to host, right? I I learned so many different pieces, and I feel like starting with something, even if you don't think they're ever, like, I'm not saying this about Nets and Bolts because they're on the map. But like getting somewhere where you don't think the name is very big or, you know, it's just like an X, Y and Z highlight dot com. Anything that you could put your name to and like just show that you put out consistent work. I feel like that's what that's what really got me to where I am.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And we're going to we're about to get into that right now, how you kind of were able to transition into the big leagues. And we don't we don't want to diminish independent media because I work in independent media. I have my own independent media platform. Definitely big up independent media, we definitely want to see more of that and more growth in that space. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, being able to make the transition from independent media over to like corporate media, so to speak, we'll, we'll call it that. Um, how did that transition happen? I know mean, you touched on it a little bit earlier, but you can kind of get into some yeah, details. So
1: one of my friends, he was reached out to for a role and he actually... You know, told the hiring manager at NBC, he's like, Oh, I I actually have another job, but my friend Ashmer is interested. So, back to that connections-based, like I talked about earlier. And so, I spoke with the hiring manager and talked with the team about like my social knowledge and interviewed, and then I got the job. And so, I was pretty shocked because social is like it's a monster, right? And social, in The sense of working for one of the best regionals of NBC Mm -hmm. was like even crazier to me um, because I'm the one helping populate ideas for Instagram. I'm the one putting out the clips for like in the live games on Twitter and just like creating that feeling that other people see when they scroll through their timeline right like i was the person putting that out so in the beginning i was really scared um i was like wow there's way more eyes on this like you know at least three million or something across all platforms and across all teams because we also cover every team here and not a lot of nbc regions cover every team that are in their area so that's like a huge thing for us Um, but yeah it was it was a whirlwind like the first three months i was like am i even doing this right like i have no idea if i'm making enough contributions or an impact and you know every day they're just like hey like you went from very small market to larger market we totally get it like we're all learning this together plus we're remote right like we didn't mm-hmm. i didn't even get to meet my boss in person and uh, so that was pretty crazy but i think just like staying comfortable comfortable in yourself and like relaxed that was like what carried me through and then just like asking questions i probably asked them 500 questions on the social side um and then once basketball season ended and baseball season started uh you know they talked about having somebody else move to production because they needed help for all the shows that go on for giants and a's and so i was moved over to the production side and That's just as crazy because I'm putting it on live TV. So everything about sports is like instant social. Like if I misspelled somebody's name wrong, like it's out there, I can delete it. But like live TV, if it's flying on TV, it's gone. Like you can't take it back. So I think it was great that I got to do these two jobs that were just so front facing because now I feel a lot more prepared for the role I'm in right now as a production assistant Mm -hmm. um and yeah it was just you think you know a lot and then you get into the corporation side and you're just like (sighs) wow (laughs) i need like my own spark notes (laughs) of like how to work in this industry so yeah it's we're all like learning every day there's not one person that can tell you more or tell you less like we're literally learning from each other every day and that's like the great thing about NBC too. Like everyone there is hella sick. So, yeah,
0: that's one thing I learned. Um, you know, I'm not traditionally from a sports background. My background is in design um, mm. and, you know, design, graphic, web design, branding, that type of thing. And I always had a love for sports. And when I started Two Cents SC, that was kind of my entrance into the media space. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm learning, like even working with like teams and doing things with teams, like professional teams, learning that, Nobody knows shit. Like we are all just kind of like figuring it out as we go and kind of winging it to a degree. So that helped with the imposter syndrome a little bit. Cause like, all right, you may have this position, but you probably know as much as I do at this point. Mm -hmm. So we're all kind of figuring this out together. Um, But you know, most people only see the output. They only see what's posted online or what's on TV. Can you go into a little bit of detail of like how to machine the nuts and bolts, no pun, if you will of like how like how how a social po- a social post goes up for like the end of a game like what's the process leading up to like that post actually being posted to Twitter, Instagram, etc.
1: Yeah, so the good thing is A lot of brands now have templates which i'm sure everybody has a template in whatever social space that they work in Mm -hmm. um so that's one way a lot of things are sponsored so like we can't be too creative with those things like a ton of warrior stuff is sponsored which i'm sure everyone can understand why (laughs) um but you know there was a christmas one that we made and we just got to put steph and draymond in phoenix arizona with like the desert background and just a bunch of like christmas stuff behind it because we like we're winning on Christmas day. So I think that's like how we've got to be creative. So basically the team will collaborate, like let's say like when clay was coming back, right. For weeks we were all chatting like, Hey, we need to put out like a good amount of content for this. Cause like, number one, everybody loves clay. Mm -hmm. And number two, we want to kind of be the focal social uh, space to be highlighting a bunch of clay stuff. And so we're all talking about what ideas we've seen or like what's a resurrection type of vibe we can go for. And so once we've all talked about it and we nailed down a couple, then from there we have a graphics team design them. And we just like work with the graphics team to be like, okay, we love this, we hate this. Let's add this, let's do that. And then, you know, from there we just waited until Clay had announced he had come back, right? And then progressively throughout the day, we had like one post, couple hours later we did like a video of him maybe at warm-ups or something you know just like whatever the day looks like is kind of how we space out the content being pushed out but we're we're posting all the time we're posting score graphics we're posting sponsored posts like i mentioned we're posting hype videos so we're just always messaging each other and saying hey you know i know for next week kings and warriors play each other like two times like we should put some stuff we should make like a stat graphic or we should do like some comparison stuff after the first game or maybe a keegan murray hype graphic you know like his debut or whatever in case he that's the day he ends up coming back so it's just constant communication and then from there the graphics team just like makes the magic happen honestly um we've got like really great people making the art and then boom you're posted
0: so is there like a method to like the posting schedule so for example like mondays we post this wednesdays we post these types of things like is there a, a method is it that structure or is it kind like of like seated so with, with,
1: with us specifically we like to post like real-time things so mm-hmm. if there's a 12 o'clock game going on with the warriors we're also posting those andrew wiggins dunks on instagram we're constantly posting on twitter because we have a live feed that we're posting our own highlights through so we can gain our own um traction that way yeah and then whatever we want whatever is like the golden posts as we like to call them we'll post on instagram so Mm. you know any sick plays they'll maybe be like 40 posts on Twitter, 40 highlight posts, and then like five will make it to Instagram. But with Warriors, it could be like 11. You never know. But yeah, there's no true posting schedule just because of we're posting based off of like news and games. Like last night, I think we posted the Christian McCaffrey thing whenever the news broke at like 10 o'clock, right? So it's just like you're always on. You wake up, you could be watching Emily and Paris, and then all of a sudden you get the alert that Christian McCaffrey's being traded, and then we're all on Slack, like, yo, who's making the graphic? We need to put this, you know, so there's no schedule to quick answer that.
0: That's another question I have as well. Like, um, when those types of breaking news things happen, do you get that news from other news outlets, or is there like a a back channel wire where like, right, I know this is coming down, Let's get this stuff ready so we can. Yeah, I
1: don't know if I'm it. allowed to say that.
0: Okay. But <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get you in trouble. We do
1: have our insiders, right? So okay. if an insider is made aware, then they will make us aware, uh, just so we can have things prepped. Yeah. But we're not like soft launching it. We're we're definitely just like waiting till it breaks, and then we the second we know the alert is out, or you know, if we're able to break the news, of course we would love to. But I think it's it's along with an espn alert you know like we're definitely like along the same timelines
0: okay yeah definitely don't want to get you in trouble so no
1: um, no no i had to think of how to professionally (laughs) answer that
0: yeah don't reveal your political connects over there um (laughs) so you talked about like the chaos um that ensues during like live live coverage of sports live social media coverage live video coverage um what is one Bay area sports moment that you might've covered or wish you would have covered um, from that perspective? Like you wish you would have been in that mix.
1: I mean, I think ring night, like, I wish I was there. (laughs) I wish I was like on the sideline with the rest of the media. Um, Just like being a part of that because it was so amazing. Um, I think that's my number one. And then also like the warriors parade, I went as a fan, but I definitely wish I was there as like a, in the parade person like grabbing content out there with my mini mic like doing fun stuff for myself and for like the bay area um i'm trying to think of other things i love going to like draft days i feel like if i could go to any of the team's draft days um nhl mlb whatever i think that would be really fun which means it could happen and yeah i I really love draft days i love i love like the young stories that are being told and just like the journey of growth, like literally what we're doing for myself here. I love hearing about it from other people. That's really Mm -hmm. what got me into sports. It's just like learning people's backgrounds and recognizing like where they made that switch in their mind to achieve what they want to achieve. And then they get drafted. It's like, it's too beautiful to describe. So I think any of those would be fantastic.
0: Yeah, no, dope, dope. And so let's let's talk about the state of Bay Area sports, right? Um, so i got a couple of topics that I want to kind of throw your way and kind of get your opinion on. So first one is, do you think the Warriors repeat this year?
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
0: Okay. Internal drama aside.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> that was <laughs> some of the craziest thing I've seen in a while. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I mean, I know it was just game one, the Lakers, but the West is a little low this year mm-hmm. and I think the energy that existed on ring night, like, I feel like Steph's going to be like, dude, don't ruin my chances to put five rings on this hand. Like I'm ready for it. So I think, I think yes, hundred percent.
0: Facts. Facts. They'll be talking about the Warriors next to the 96, 96 bulls, yes, that sir. kind of dynasty. Um, all right, next one. So this one's super recent as you, you just mentioned it. Um, Does the addition of Christian McCaffrey make the Niners a legit contender this year?
1: Uh, I think it helps their chances because their division is looking a little lackluster for Mm -hmm. a kind word. And so I definitely think they could top the division. Um, The rest of the NFC, you know, it's pretty crazy, but I I do think it, it, it definitely increases their chances. And I feel like it gives them a stronger offensive side. Like I feel like McCaffrey's gonna be like Debo 2.0. Like they're gonna all of a sudden be BFFs, right? Stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. Everyone keeps saying that. Don't put that on McCaffrey. <laughs> right? My cousin said the same thing to me last night. He's like, "I'm really worried." I was like, "I know it feels like every game someone's getting banged up, but like, don't don't put that out there." But I I think yes for sure. Okay. How far? I don't know. I can't like yeah. I can't scope it out yet. I think after the Chiefs game, I could better answer that question.
0: Okay, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the addition. Um, he doesn't have to carry the load, so hopefully he stays healthier.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but also, I'm excited to see how dynamic the offense gets. You know, with another weapon like another Debo-esque weapon, because he can play out wide as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope Kyle doesn't run him into the ground like he did with trey
1: you know That's if jimmy could throw to iuk like that every time i think yeah. i think it's plausible like they could they could be a really good offense and it'll help me in fantasy too so
0: <laughs> for sure for sure all right and last one um what needs to be done to make pro soccer more popular in the region because you know we know you soccer is big out here or out there out here um as well as college soccer, you know, you have Santa Clara, you have Stanford powerhouses, um, Cal as well. Um, But what needs to be done to make pro soccer more popular in the Bay?
1: I I feel like if there was like some minor league women's soccer, uh, I think that would be, I played soccer in high school. I played soccer growing up. So Mm. I think there's, that is like a huge sport. A lot of people play soccer in the Bay. And I think that, all of a sudden we stop worrying about the quakes or, and there's no women's. So all us women playing are kind of just like, okay, now what? Um, But yeah, I I feel like soccer and hockey are like two sports that are underlooked, but like so much fun to be a part of and so much fun to watch. And the best way to help the soccer community is just to like bring more awareness to it. Like you are Mm
0: -hmm. just like
1: more platforms giving, fun tidbits like more blogs writing about the players and like maybe making that hometown like resemblance to who these people are and just like how local it is like that stadium's hella sick too so I, I think also it would help if they won. Like all, all the teams would win a little bit more. I think the Sharks yeah. got their first win last night, and I was like, "Oh, nice!" McCaffrey signed. The Sharks won. It's a good day. Um, but yeah, I I think I feel like that. That's also a huge factor is just like the way that the teams perform is it's where people like fall in and out of love of the sport.
0: Yeah, not hundred percent. Definitely think there can be more more awareness i mean there's teams Mm -hmm. out there's pro teams out here that exist you know you have um you know you have the quakes you have the other team in oakland um and then you know you have like then you have like tons of you know lower division soccer as well it's like semi-pro um Mm. but like you said before it it needs more coverage there needs to be like a hype and a build up around a lot a lot more storytelling i think that helps a lot um and you know i have plans to, oh okay kind of i, I can't wait <laughs> um so let's get into some rapid fire stuff um as we wrap up here um so first one what are the must-haves in your bag when you're headed to like an interview or a media day or some type of on-camera interview
1: oh lipstick for sure and i gotta have my mini mic because that's like my new accessory <laughs> okay. uh, i feel like it makes it makes things more fun um and then some setting powder, because depending on where you go, you get oily. and You need to get that shine away. Um, and then obviously my money, <laughs> <laughs> but sure. you know, you gotta stay looking good all the time. So I always have like a little glam bag.
0: Mm-hmm. Got to keep a fresh face. Yeah. All right. You work a lot. Um, you know, we've been trying to get this episode scheduled for a few weeks. So very, very busy. Um, what's your favorite off work activity?
1: Off we're shopping, I think. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're not going to the store enough. And so I went mm. to the mall and I was like, I need to come here more. So <laughs> shopping and probably eating out, <laughs> like eating good food.
0: Uh, perfect segue. Best food spots in the Bay.
1: Best? Oh, gosh. Cerezin by the pier is really good for brunch mm-hmm. um i'm honestly like still exploring uh, okay my bougiest option is roca Accor in the city that is they're so good like i went there for my cousin's birthday and the omakase there was fire it's expensive though so i said bougie <laughs> um and then i don't know san jose has like a ton of good spots too like i've been eating in mountain view there's a ramen spot i cannot remember it for the life of me it's on Castro Street, but yeah, I think those are like my top because I'm always eating Asian food I've discovered.
0: <laughs> cool, cool. Um, All right, and so where do you want to be in the next five years, the
1: last one? I'd love to be sideline, um, team reporting or hosting my own podcast that's like covered nationwide or globally, definitely like interviewing people and just giving back to the community in the sense of like making it fun and telling people stories like that. So, somewhere in front of the camera.
0: <laughs> That's our show for this week. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at thetown_fc. Stay up to date on important news around the club by signing up for our Town Chronicles newsletter at thetownfc.com. And as always, tweet us your comments on the show, any topics you want us to discuss,
1: and more. Peace out.